Ooh. It's the X-Files theme song. But I, that, was, more... that was the Mockingjay whistle. Wait. Shall we begin? I suppose. All right. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) It's going to be an episode. Welcome back to You Know What I've Been Wondering. I'm Sarah. I'm Jane. We're in Jane's room today. I know. Welcome to my turf. (laughs) Her home turf. Is this how you feel just sitting on your bed? Yeah, this is normally how I feel. Except we're, I'm actually more comfortable sitting on your bed right now. Excuse me, oh, that I'm you don't on have to bed. lie down. Yeah, I kind of have to lie down, and the way in my elbow. like bed, well, the way we have to set up the microphone for me to be on the bed isn't the most comfortable. This is actually more comfortable for me. Like I'm, I'm happy right now. Okay. Um, so this is good. I'm enjoying this. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about this setup right now. <laughs> um, and you have a better, you have a better headboard to like lean against. Mine's, I don't have the best headboard mm. to lean against, so that also helps. So this is good. I'm comfy. I have cookie dough. <laughs> you have water. <laughs> the essentials. Yeah, we're doing, I think we're doing really well. How are you, Jane? I'm good. How are you? I'm not good. I'm going to tell you why. Oh, no. Uh, so I'm like really up in arms about these <gasps> abortion laws. Yep. It's like, yep. I woke up multiple times last night thinking about it. And I'm, it's been on my mind and I just can't like, I, we do not live in a state which is trying to pass a six-week abortion law, but there are 12 states right now that are trying to do that. We've been hearing the most about Georgia, because Georgia's are amongst some of the harshest, although Mm -hmm. Alabama is passing some crazy laws. And Ohio, I read today, is trying to include birth control as a method of abortion. Like, they're literally trying to get rid of birth control, because they're trying to say if you are stopping an egg from being fertilized, you are stopping a life from existing. That's truly ridiculous, horrific. ridiculous, though. It's truly horrific. Because then, like, where's the line of... There isn't one. There isn't one. Yeah. That's the problem. I know I go on a lot of political rants on this show, but I just think that it is so hypocritical of conservatives to say that they are pro-life yeah. and that they care about, you know, unborn fetuses when... They won't grant health care to take care of that baby as yeah. the minute it's born. The minute it's born, it's on its own as far as health care goes. Moms get so little from the government in terms of support. New moms. Also, the mortality rate in America is higher than... of The maternal mortality rate is higher than you'd expect. It's so, it's so More much higher than it should be. be because health care is a nightmare. Is, yeah. And you cannot tell me that you are pro-life if you will not help people get the health care they need, if you are not passing laws that stop senseless violence from happening. Pro-life should mean pro-all life. If we cannot take care of the people who are already living and amongst our society, then how are we supposed to take care mm-hmm. of future generations? We can't, is the answer. You devalue women. Period. Like, there's just no other way to say it. Like, by saying that you are not in control of your body, you are saying that women don't matter. You're saying that their bodies don't matter, that they're just something to be controlled. And also, if you really care, men 
are just as much responsible for unplanned pregnancies as women are. If not more, I would argue. Have you seen that Twitter thread that's that um, Mormon mother of six argues why men are responsible for all unplanned pregnancy? Because technically, now I know, I know it sounds like it takes two to tango. Yes, 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 I agree. However, technically all pregnancies are caused by male ejaculation. It is. It is. I have seen this thread. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. It is just as much their responsibility. Yeah, 100% of unplanned pregnancies are caused by men ejaculating in the wrong place at the wrong time. Absolutely. So. <laughs> no, absolutely. It is. And yet it is women's bodies that are being regulated, not men's, not men's actions. I've seen so many tweets in the past couple days that it's like, you know that vasectomies are reversible therefore if we really wanted to prevent all unplanned pregnancies every man could go out and get a vasectomy and then get it reversed when he's ready to have children oh no you don't want to do that why because you don't want us to regulate your your body and your reproductive rights oh suddenly when it's about men it's the reverse like right no it's it's all just so hypocritical and it just like it makes me it makes me so angry to see that there are millions of people out there suffering because of lack of health care and lack of access Access to medical attention there are so there are so many more things that we need to reform to make this country safe that shows me that what this is about is it was never about life it was yeah. never about people living it was about controlling people yeah that's what it's about so i found this article from the cut that tells that explains what you can do mm-hmm. for people in the 12 states that are passing the six-week ban like how can you help can um, i just do, say yeah quick because i don't think this will be relevant once you've read that yeah but this is very personal information, but my cycle is not at all regular and is probably oh, yeah. longer than six night. weeks. Like yeah. most women's cycles are 28 days. Oh, yeah. Mine is very irregular. So if I were to get pregnant, I wouldn't know until way after the six week mark. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not saying I'm planning on having an abortion anytime soon. I'm just saying that for women out there, I like think it's me. safe to say most women don't want to have No, an no one ever wants to. It's not a choice that people make happily and readily. Right. It's not like a, it's a just, fun decision. My point is more that these laws that are all saying that you it's not allowed after six weeks. That it's ridiculous is, to expect. shows me that you know nothing about the female reproductive system and you know nothing about women's lives. Because even for women with regular cycles, six weeks, a six-week pregnancy, that's two weeks of a missed period, which for most women is like irregular, but doesn't always mean it's pregnancy. not a red flag. Um, I and it's just that. sad as a girl whose mother fought her entire life for Roe v. Wade, and yeah, I'm, she's still alive. I make it sound like she, past tense, but like my mother worked so hard for Roe v. Wade in college, and has we been are, a big. We are undoing yeah years of work. So this is an article by the Cut, um, which is run by the New Yorker, I believe. Um, and it's called What You Can Do to Help Women in States with Six-Week Abortion Bans, if you would like to look it up. Um, but they suggest that you can donate to local grassroots organizations. So, yes, obviously you can donate to Planned Parenthood and the American Civil Liberties Union. Um, but there's also Access Reproductive Care Southeast, um, which helps families in 12 states across the Southeast access reproductive care. Um, the National Network of Abortion Funds, the Yellowhammer Fund. Um, there are some state-specific ones. Women Have Options is an Ohio-based organization, and Ohio is also passing really crazy laws right mm. now. Um, so that's an option as donating. 
Um, they recommend that you volunteer as a clinic escort if you live in one of these 12 states, which oh. is someone who like is just there to support the women that are there for abortions or whatever reproductive care they're receiving, just as a helping hand. So if you live in one of those six states, that's an option for you as a way to help out. Speak out, be vocal, contact your Congress representatives, your senators, anyone who can help overturn these decisions and... We'll discuss the elephant okay. in the room, which yeah. is the the people who are not in the room. They're hanging out in our courtyard. So you get some background. <laughs> and my window is open because I don't have AC, but sometimes they... Yeah. If you can hear them, we apologize. But those are the big three. Like, be active. Speak out. Don't let this dissolve into silence. Yeah. Volunteer at local clinics and donate. That's the best thing that you can do to help these people. Um, and if you are, if you're listening and you're a woman from any of the 12 states passing six weeks abortion bans, we see you, we hear you, you yeah. are valid, your body should belong to you. And yeah, that's what I've been yeah. doing about nonstop <laughs> for like three days now. I know, it's just so... So, Jane, <laughs> speaking of depressing things, yeah, <laughs> this is going to be a little bit of a downer. <laughs> we'll try to make it fun. We'll do our best. I really buckle up, everyone. Buckle up. Jane, I asked you about a bear of a topic. And you really started. did. And I thought, I was like, no, I'll just find out how it got started. But then once I got going into it, I couldn't stop until I had, like, written down every fact I could find. Oh. And <laughs> I will say I got a majority of my facts from history.com, mm-hmm. uh, which is just, like, the internet equivalent of the History Channel. But they did a really good job of, like, outlining it into, like, a specific timeline of sorts, yeah. which I found a really effective way of learning the information. And, like, cool. that's... That's more of how my brain works. Great. That's perfect. Thank you, History. As opposed to just like, here's lots of facts thrown at you. It's split mm-hmm. into themes and categories, right. and regardless of chronological order. I'm yeah. like, no, I need to know like yeah. what happened when. Yeah. And like, please don't roast me for not knowing any of this. Literally, yeah. my history class ran out of time and we stopped right before Vietnam. Um, and in English class, we read a couple of, we read the things they carried, which is about the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. But so much of my education was world war ii driven like a lot of it i learned a lot about world war ii and not a lot about post world war ii america so don't roast me for not knowing this i'm doing my best yeah i also try to think i don't have a great memory of learning a lot about it in high school i I barely learned about water yeah i feel like our generation the time that we were coming up in high school our teachers were the generation that experienced Mm -hmm. um the Vietnam War. So they weren't treating that so much as history. It's just something that happened, happened to them. To them. Mm-hmm. So they were teaching us about things that they learned about growing up that were like, the stuff that happened before they were born, if right. that makes any sense. Right, 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 right. Yep. So what were the days when we were talking about before, when we were talking about the dates that the Viet- the Vietnam War happened that we were surprised by? What did we say those were then? I want to see if they match up to what I have here. What I had read for, I forget what episode this was for that I had to look up the Vietnam War, but I think it was Bird Truthers. <laughs> I think it was Bird Truthers. <laughs> um, I said, when I originally looked it up, I thought it said 1955 to 1975. That's pretty good. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give a little backstory Okay. before we get into it. Right. It officially started, I believe, in 1954. Okay. But um, Vietnam... <laughs> I didn't know this. And everything I learned, I was like, how do I not know this already? Yeah. Vietnam had been under French colonial rule since the 19th century. Oh. Leading up to the Vietnam War. 
And then during World War II, Japan invaded Vietnam. Okay. That I vaguely knew. Yeah. And political leader Ho Chi Minh uh, formed the Viet... That's who Ho Chi Minh is? Okay. I just... <laughs> I mentioned Ho Chi Minh the last episode, and I like I didn't briefly. That's whom the May Nineteenth Communist Organization is named after. And I was like, oh. I know who Malcolm X is, and I don't know who Ho Chi Minh is. And I don't, I don't feel like I feel like that's going to lead me on a tangent about something else. So I kind of just brushed over it and threw out the information and hoped someone knew what it meant. But I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> He's a communist political leader. Um, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> he formed the Viet Minh which was the League of Independence of Vietnam, in order to fight the Japanese occupiers and the French colonial administration. Okay. Um, he was, I, I already said he's a communist, but he was inspired by Chinese and Soviet communism. Okay. Those were the governmental examples that he was aspiring to. Okay. In 1945, Japan is defeated in World War II, mm. and they withdraw their forces from Vietnam. Okay. Leaving French-educated Emperor Bao Dai in control of Vietnam. Okay. Ho Chi Minh, his Viet Minh forces, saw an opportunity to take power. Uh, so they rose up and they took the northern city of Hanoi and declared a Democratic Republic of Vietnam, the DRV. Uh, I'm going to try and say that again later on because we're going to get a lot of acronyms come in. There's a lot of terms. Okay. Um, we'll take a quiz at the end. <laughs> What's the DRV? Vocab test. Yeah, yeah. And they declared Ho Chi Minh president. Oh, okay. Now, seeking to regain control... The French-backed Emperor Bao Dai um, set up the state of Vietnam in July 1949 uh, with the city of Saigon in the south as its capital. Okay. So we basically have the... Uh, Vietnam has been split into two sections. Okay. The north is controlled by Ho Chi Minh and its capital is um, Hanoi. And the south is controlled by Bao Dai and Saigon is the capital. Both sides actually wanted to unify Vietnam, but Ho Chi Minh and his supporters wanted to model Vietnam after countries that were ruled by communism. Right. And Bao Dai and his supporters wanted Vietnam to maintain economic and cultural ties with the West, particularly America. Mm. And America at the time was super anti-communism, which like obviously still is, but right. they would most likely refuse to maintain an allyship with a country that was communist. After Ho Chi Minh took power in the north, an armed conflict between northern and southern armies continued until the decisive battle at Dien Ben Phu in 1954, and that ended in a victory for the northern Viet Minh forces. And because of that, um, the French sort of took the L (laughs) and uh, withdrew from Vietnam after almost a century of French colonial rule in Indochina. Wow. The subsequent treaty signed at Geneva at the Geneva Conference in July 1954, officially split Vietnam along the latitude of the 17th parallel. Oh. Mm -hmm. With Ho Chi Minh in control of the north and Bao Dai in control of the south. And the treaty also called for a nationwide election to be held in 1956 to elect a president to... Unite the whole. To unite the whole country. Okay. This didn't end up happening, though, because in 1955... The strongly anti-communist politician Ngo Ding Diem pushed Emperor Bao aside to become president of the government of the Republic of Vietnam, the GVN. Okay. 
So we've got the what are the two the D the, the DRV D- and D- the GVN. Okay, okay. Um, but that's just he sounds we're, like car. We're more often we're just going to refer to that as South Vietnam. Oops. Okay. So with the Cold War intensifying worldwide, the United States took a really hardened policy on allies of the Soviet Union. Right. See, this is something that always confused me because I never realized that the Cold War was happening at the same time as the Vietnam. Yeah. Like that's very unclear. Yeah. Now I know. Yep. And by 1955, President Dwight D. Eisenhower had pledged his firm support to Ngo Dinh Diem and South Vietnam. Okay. Uh, the number of troops sent to Vietnam in the 50s was, however, comparatively small to what it would become later. And he sent them there specifically to help overtake Ho Chi Minh in North Vietnam. Yes. Okay. But it was fewer than 800 troops at the time. Okay. So it was a small number. When it was Eisenhower. Yeah. It was few. Okay. And uh, DM used training and equipment from the American military and the CIA mm-hmm. to crack down on Viet Minh, Viet Minh sympathizers. And he began a he began to derisively call the Viet Minh um, the Viet Cong. OK, I was about to ask where that came yes. from. Which means Vietnamese communist. Oh. Yeah. And he That's arrested some 100,000 people many of whom were tortured and executed. You know what's crazy? Even in the first like few minutes of you talking about this, I can already think of so many musicals that are about the Vietnam War, and yet none of them give actual information on the Vietnam no. War. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Some 100,000 people mm-hmm. were being imprisoned and tortured and executed for their political alliances with the communists. By 1957, the Viet Cong and other opponents of Diem's repressive regime began fighting back with attacks on government officials and others and by 1959 they had begun engaging in firefights with the south Viet- the south vietnamese army okay in december of 1960 the nlf was formed <laughs> now the nlf was the national liberation front okay made up of opponents of diem both communist and non-communist and its goal was resistance to the regime the, the NLF, regime being the... The anti-communists that okay. were capturing and killing people. Right. Just like the whole... Yeah. yeah and the, the whole NL, violent yeah. agenda. Yes. Gotcha. And the NLF claimed to be autonomous and that a majority of its members were not communists. They just wanted to stop this particular regime. Um, however, Washington assumed that it was just a puppet of Hanoi. Which is, Washington, D.C.? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, is there someone else named Washington? No. Washington, D.C. assumed, like, the government of America. Assumed George that... Washington rose from his grave <laughs> to be like, stop that right now. <laughs> yeah. the, um, Washington assumed that the NLF was just a puppet of Hanoi, which is okay. Ho Chi Minh okay. in the north. And then in 1961, John F. Kennedy sent a team to report on conditions and go back and advise him on what he should do. Uh, and they advised him to send more American troops. Okay. And has so, an official war been declared? I think the official st- American troops first got there in 1954, and I think okay. that's also the official like year that it started. Okay. Um, I don't know, how but it was very small works. at first, and then it wasn't until later that so many American troops would be sent. Right. I guess that's why we don't really see it in reference in popular culture until like movies about the 60s and things like yeah. that. Yeah, they advised John F. Kennedy to send American troops, money, and technology to help President Diem confront the Viet Cong threat. Okay. 
Um, and at the time, America was operating under and being motivated by what is called the domino theory. Oh. And that is that that is the belief that if one Southeast Asian country fell to communism, the whole thing, was. then many other countries would also and eventually the whole world. Okay. So people were really worried about that. Right. The um, scare. Yeah. So because of that, Kennedy increased U.S. aid, um, though not enough to commit to a large scale military intervention. Mm. By 1962, the U.S. military presence in South Vietnam was some 9,000 troops. Oh, wow. So it went from 800 to 9,000. Wow. That's still, like, not even peak wow. amounts of people there. That was him being conservative, That's the, the amount of people Do you think, in. you know, now in, now in retrospect, we call this era the Red Scare, the Cold War, the space race, all of that. But, like, during the time, at the time they were really calling it that, do you think historians are going to look back in the time we're at now? Oh, and call it something like that because we have know. the whole like call it what the orange scare yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well we have like i think we have waves of really conservative yeah politics like taking over and kind of peddling back laws but then also we have the whole collusion with russia thing like i, w- I wonder what historians eventually will call this this moment mm-hmm. anyway in 1963 there was a coup and Ngo Ding Diem, the guy who we've been talking about, and yeah. his brother, Ngo Ding Nu, were both killed oh. three weeks before President Kennedy was assassinated. <gasps> Whoa. And in the ensuing chaos, Lyndon B. Johnson and the Secretary of Defense, Robert Maybe McNamara, Jay. increased U.S. military and economic support to Vietnam. Like, there was just, like, mass chaos. Everyone was like, we don't know what to do. Send people. Yeah. Um, in 1964, the... Democratic Republic of Vietnam um, had torpedo boats attack two U.S. destroyers in the Gulf of Tonkin. I vaguely remember learning about this. Yeah. Gulf of Tonkin. The Gulf of Tonkin is is like an important important battle. Yeah, Yeah, that name sounds really familiar. Yeah, and um, in an effort of retaliation, Lyndon B. Johnson ordered a bombing of military targets in North Vietnam in an act of retaliation, which I already said. Um, Congress passed the Gulf of Tonkin resolution after oh, this. That's why it's yeah. familiar. Yeah. Which gave Lyndon B. Johnson broad war making powers. Yeah. It just I've, like I remember yeah. this. It increased yeah, yeah, yeah. the his ability to just do whatever he wanted yeah. in order to yeah, yeah, yeah. wage this war. If you ever um, want to learn a lot about Lyndon B. Johnson, watch the miniseries all the way. It's based <laughs> off of the play. It's excellent yeah. and it talks about this. Because it's about when he's running yeah. for re-election. And after the Gulf of Tonkin resolution U.S. planes began regular bombing raids, um, which were codenamed Operation Rolling Thunder. In 1965, Johnson decided to send more troops, which at the time was supported by the American public. Okay. They were like, okay. So right now they're in favor. He started off by sending 82,000 combat troops. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. How many men are in a troop? Like, we say 82,000 Oh, I I always assumed a troop was just one guy. No. Troops is like... Units. Oh, I don't know. <gasps> a troop is a group of three to five platoons, platoons containing two to four squads or sections, each of which could have anywhere from eight to 14 soldiers, which means the platoon may have more than 50 soldiers, which means a troop might include as much as 250 people. Yeah, that's what I thought. Gosh, darn, this makes it way worse. Yeah. And I already thought it was terrible. Yeah. Okay, so 82,000 combat troops were stationed in Vietnam. Yeah. 
with military leaders calling for 175 more troops wow. by the end of the year to shore up the struggling South Vietnamese army. So we are allied with, this, with South Vietnam. Right. America was. Johnson was advised to scale back on this military escalation because um, the anti-war movement was sort of beginning to arise in the yeah. United States. Public dissent. Yeah. But Lyndon Johnson did not listen. And, <gasps> Lyndon. Yeah. And he authorized an immediate dispatch of another 100,000 troops. Lyndon. In 1965. This is the of what we said. And then another 100,000 troops in 1966. So I'm assuming this is around the time they started drafting people because at this point people weren't like, like at a certain point they were like, no, we're done with this. I don't want to go. <laughs> and they start being like, no, you got to go. Um, Whoops. Yeah. South Korea, Thailand, Australia, and New Zealand also sent troops, but it was a much smaller number of people. Yeah. So the U.S. war effort in North Vietnam was mostly air attacks. Okay. So we were never really in North Vietnam on the ground. We were just, like, sending planes to drop bombs. Yeah. Um, but in South Vietnam, the war was fought on the ground. Yeah. Largely under the command of a man named General William Westmoreland, um, in coordination with the government of General Nguyen Van Thieu in Saigon. What years did we have, like, the highest number, the most men there that we did? Like, I'm assuming, like, 68? was, like is when we started having a lot of people. I just feel like everything I know about the Vietnam War and everything ever made about the Vietnam War always takes place in, like, 67 to 70 or something like that. I think um, I'm about to get to the fact that um, the, like, American body count starts to get real high in 1967. Oh, okay. So I think 1967, 19, like, 66 to 68 was when, like, a lot of people were being sent. Okay. And I don't think they... It got to a point where, like, the fighting was continuing, but I don't think they were sending as many people. Okay. Right, um, it was just more of a fight to get people yeah. out of there. Because I think we as a culture think of the Vietnam War as something of the 60s, even yeah. though it took place for a lot longer. If you hear yelling in the background, <laughs> it is... There's sound effects. <laughs> men of our building. So General Westmoreland's strategy was less concerned with gaining or losing territory and more so with killing as many enemies as possible. Oh. Yeah. So by 1966, his strategy was um, large areas of Vietnam would just be declared free fire zones. Ouch. And he, well, not he specifically, but there would like be an announcement that all innocent civilians were meant to go to refugee camps that were in specifically designated safe areas near Saigon and other cities. Mm. Um, and anyone else left in the free fire zones were just like good luck because they would just start heavily bombing those areas. Wow. Uh, they would just become uninhabitable. So anyone who was in those areas would just die. Oh, um, so yeah. And the enemy body count was rising predictably steadily. Uh, however, the Viet Cong formed the Ho Chi Minh Trail, oh. which is a series of roads um, that went through Cambodia and Laos, which were the neighboring countries. Oh, and wrapped around. So, yeah, they would like wrap around to send more people steadily and supplies. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, we were killing them, but it was just like they would just be reinforced. Yeah. By 1967, the number of American troops in Vietnam was approaching 500,000. And U.S. Casu casualties had reached 15,000 with 109,000 wounded. As the war stretched on, there grew a distrust of the American people and a lot of the soldiers of the American government. 
because the message consistently from the American government was this will be an easy war yeah. because we're sending so many people we're going to win any day and we'll get out of there. Yeah. But that was just more and more troops were being sent. More and more people were dying. Yeah. It just was like, you keep saying we're winning this war, but it just it looks bad. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. When did they start airing footage? That's the thing. I think from the beginning, I don't know. That is why there was so much like distaste to the American people for this war. Because it was really the first war that was televised. Yeah, they knew exactly what was happening. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why veterans weren't appreciated as much as the time. Because... They would come back and be like, we saw you on TV killing people. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in past wars, they could just come home and be heroes heroes. that did things that we don't really know the details of, but they protected us. The later years of the war saw increased physical and psychological deterioration amongst the American soldiers, both volunteers and draftees, which included drug use, PTSD, and mutinies by soldiers against officers. Wasn't it the Vietnam War around the time that the term PTSD was... Like, uh, like discovered. discovered. Not discovered, but like specifically named. Probably. Um, I One fact that I found that's not in my little timeline is that according to a survey by the Veterans Administration, um, some 500,000 of the 3 million troops who served in Vietnam, and I don't, I don't think that's just American. I think that's American, Vietnamese, mm-hmm. and other. Um, of all the people who survived serving in Vietnam... Um, 500,000 of them suffered from PTSD. That's one in six. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. And rates of divorce, suicide, alcoholism, and drug addiction were markedly higher among yeah. veterans. I think Vietnam. part of that, too, is because of the American reaction to Vietnam soldiers mm-hmm. wasn't like, yay, you did it, you yeah. know. Between July 1966 and December 1973, more than 500,000 U.S. military personnel deserted. What? Yeah. And oh, my God. There was such a big anti-war movement going on in America that a lot of violent protests um, were formed. Yeah. There were killings. There were mass incarcerations of personnel stationed in Vietnam as well as in the United States. There were a lot of deserters. There were a lot of draft dodgers. Yeah. There was just, people didn't want to be doing this war. Yeah. I feel like I've learned more about the protests. Yeah. For the protests on Vietnam than I have the actual war yeah. itself. And as I said this already, because this was the first war where it was televised and there was such, there was photography. Constant reminders. Yeah, constant mm-hmm. reminders. Americans at home were constantly seeing horrifying images of the war on their televisions. And so that, everyone was turning against this war. Yeah. Well, not everyone. It, it, devi- it was very divisive in America because you were either against the war or you were for it. Radically and for it. Like but if, it was like radical on both ends. Yeah. And yeah. if you were against the war, then the people on the other side saw you as unpatriotic and treasonous. Yeah. And if you were for it, then you saw the government as corrupt like, and corrupt yeah. and killing people. In 1967, um, Hanoi's communist leadership was growing impatient. Ho Chi Minh. And on July 31st of 1968, 70,000 DV, DRV forces launched the Tet Offensive, mm-hmm. and that was a coordinated series of attack on more than 100 cities and towns in South Vietnam. Wow. It was ultimately unsuccessful because the United States and South Vietnam were able to fight back and take back all of the cities that were taken mm-hmm. um, within a day or two, but it really took 
everyone by surprise because they didn't think yeah that an attack was coming um and they thought that the americans were really winning so the fact that for like a day or two they kind of lost control it took everyone everyone kind of did a double take um and because of this general westmoreland requested two hundred thousand more troops to come to vietnam and people were really confused because up until that point they had been told that they were winning the war and it was going to end any day. Lyndon B. Johnson that year happened to be up for re-election. So he gave a speech uh, in March of 1968 indicating that he was changing his mind about the war and that his new goal was peace. Okay. And he was going to begin a series of peace talks in Paris uh, oh. with people from northern Vietnam to try and end the conflict. While Lyndon B. Johnson was president, these talks were unsuccessful. So that is why he lost the election and Nixon was elected. Right. The first thing that Nixon did in his presidency for the Vietnam War was he started this program called Vietnamization, which was basically withdrawing as many U.S. ground troops as possible, having the only U.S. forces remaining in Vietnam be pilots who were bombing from the sky. Yeah. And then be gradually training the Army of South Vietnam to fight on the ground by themselves. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like American troops would. Yeah. So that we would, like, become unnecessary, So really we should call it Americanization, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't... He promised to do this, at least. I don't think he really took away that many troops, if any. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also was kind of, like, pandering to this base of people that he called, like, a silent majority. That He was, like, this group of people that were for the war. They were more people who supported him. Okay. And I think they probably thought Lyndon B. Johnson was just doing a bad job of... Right. This war. He was losing of it for us. War, yeah. So we need a president who will win it for us. He all he also continued the Paris peace peace talks that Johnson had started, and he added a higher level of secret talks, Ooh. which were conducted by Secretary of State Henry Kissinger. Kissinger, we know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the North Vietnamese, though, um insisted on the complete unconditional US withdrawal. They would only agree to peace if the U.S. got completely out of there. Okay. And Nixon and Kissinger were not willing to do that right then and there. Uh, they also wanted the ousting of the U.S.-backed General um, Nguyen Can Siu, mm-hmm. who had been... Gaining power. Yeah, and he was trained essentially by the U.S. Army. The talks were unsuccessful. Yes. Um, <laughs> The next few years brought violence and carnage. Particularly, there was this one massacre called the Mai Lai Massacre, which occurred in 1968. And um, this is hard to read. Uh, U.S. soldiers mercilessly slaughtered more than 400 unarmed civilians in the village of Mai Lai. Um, And this spurred a lot of protests back home. Uh, in 1968 and 69, there were hundreds of protests throughout the country. Okay, yeah, this is what all the musicals are about. Yeah. On November 15th, 1969, there was an anti-war demonstration in Washington, D.C. with over 250,000 Americans gathered peacefully to call mm. for the withdrawal of American troops from Vietnam. The anti-war movement was particularly strong on college campuses. Yes. And that was... One of the biggest divisions of the country, which I feel like it kind of mirrors what's going yeah, on right now. Yeah, that's very... Because mm-hmm. the older generations saw all of the college students who were protesting as these, like, lawless, anti-patriotic, treasonous yeah. youth that didn't understand. And 
Yeah. Like, how dare they disrespect their government? That's like, that reminds me very much of um, when Ferguson happened, mm-hmm. the number of college campuses that had protests. Yeah. Like, having been in college when that happened. Yeah. Like, that, that brings that back for me. So troops were, at the time, slowly withdrawn. Um, but the people that remained behind in Vietnam were becoming increasingly angry and frustrated. Tens of thousands of soldiers received dishonorable discharges for desertion. Oh my God. Uh, and about 500,000 American men became draft dodgers. That's still an insult people use. Like, older draft generations dodger. will call like each other draft dodgers. That's well, like, like Trump, new... like him and his bone spurs. Mm, yeah. Like, now people will be like, yeah, well, he was a draft dodger. Yeah. It's... And it's like, on one hand, I I understand why someone would dodge the draft. Right. So I don't really have a some anything to say about that particular insult towards him i understand but i can i can see war, i can see being frustrated with like that rich a rich kid yeah, being yeah, like rich well kids. my daddy made a doctor write a note that says it can't go right yeah no i, I understand people who had no other option and like ran to canada right in 1970 there was a joint u.s south vietnamese operation in which they invaded cambodia hoping to wipe out the um drv supply bases Mm-hmm. And South Vietnam independently also invaded Laos. That was unsuccessful. I think Laos kind yeah. of ended that confrontation pretty quickly. But this violated international law and sparked a new wave of protests on college campuses across the U.S. During one of them, on May 4th in 1970, um, at Kent State University in Ohio, National Guardsmen shot and killed four students. <gasps> which I had heard... Um, uh, I've heard before of the Kent State shooting, but I, I didn't in know our modern, in our culture where there's so many school shootings, I just assumed it was a gunman, I didn't but it know was that National was Guardsmen Kent killing State protesters. That's horrific. Yeah. Oh and then it God. happened again 10 days later at Jackson State University in Mississippi. Two students were shot by police during a protest. I had no idea that's what happened at those two schools. I've heard yeah. of those two shootings. Yeah. I had no idea that's what, that's what happened. I assumed they were like Virginia Tech or yeah. Columbine. Uh, The draft was officially ended in 1972. By the end of June 1972, after a failed offensive in South Vietnam, Hanoi was finally willing to compromise. Kissinger um, and the North Vietnamese representatives drafted a peace agreement by early fall, but leaders in Saigon rejected it. So the South Vietnamese didn't like it. And in December, Nixon authorized a number of bomb raids um, against Hanoi and Haiphong known as the Christmas bombings. Uh, it's so overwhelming. So all of the violence. In, War is violent, yeah. but this is like a particular kind of violence. Yeah. A lot of civilian violence. Yeah. In January of 1973, the United States and North Vietnam finally came to a peace agreement, ending open hostilities between the two nations. Keep in mind, that's ending hostility between America and North Vietnam. Yeah, not, not South and North. Not South and North Vietnam. So that conflict continued for another two years. So is that why it was considered unsuccessful, an unsuccessful war? Because yeah, we, did we didn't stop the communists. Facilitate, we didn't stop the communists and we didn't successfully facilitate a peace agreement between the South and the North. Correct. Okay. 1975, the DRV captured Saigon, renaming it Ho Chi Minh City. Oh. Ho Chi Minh passed away in 1969. He did not live to the end of the Vietnam okay, War. I was going to ask that. But his side won, ultimately, when they took Saigon in South Vietnam and renamed the country the Socialist Republic of Vietnam. At the end of all this, the toll on Vietnam was devastating. Two million Vietnamese were killed, three million wounded, 12 million had been refugees. Oh, my God. 
um, the warfare demolished their infrastructure and their economy. Yeah. It was it was really bad. Like, it was bad for America, but it was way worse for Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, I mean, America, we sit in this particular privileged situation because all the wars we have fought have not been on our turf since yeah. the Civil War, you know? And I found this one fact that said more than 3 million people died in the Vietnam War. 58,000 of them were Americans, but more than half of them were Vietnamese civilians. Wow. In 1976, um, Vietnam was all unified as the Socialist Republic of Vietnam. Um, sporadic violence continued for another 15 years with conflicts with China and Cambodia. The economy finally improved in 1986 because they began exporting oil. Oh. Yeah. Trade and diplomatic relations with the U.S. resumed in the 1990s. Okay. Probably because of the oil. Yeah. Um, the U.S. spent more than $120 billion on the war. Which was exacerbated by the fact that there was an oil crisis in 1973. So right when oh, we finally, yeah. yeah, yeah, right when we got out of Vietnam, there was a, there was yeah. yeah, it was bad economically. Yeah, um, and there was a skyrocketing fuel price. Yeah, um, my mom talks about that sometimes. Yeah. Psychologically, the effects were even worse. The myth of American invincibility had been broken. And, yeah. yeah, and it had been a cause for a national divide with everything that happened with the protests. Everyone back home had. Very differing opinions. And veterans were met with negative reactions from everyone, essentially, because opponents of the war had seen them killing innocent civilians on TV. So they were mad at them. And supporters of the war considered them failures for losing the war. Right. So everyone was mad at soldiers returning. God, that's horrible. And there were also a lot of veterans who were facing physical damages from this thing called Agent Orange, which was a toxic herbicide that... The U.S. the U.S. planes were dumping in oh, forests all yeah. over Vietnam, mm. so there was a health toll as well. Yeah, uh, other than a mental health toll. Lastly, in 1982, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial was unveiled in Washington D.C., mm. and on it were inscribed the names of 57,939 American men and women killed or missing in the war, and later editions make the known total to be 58,200. That's honestly not as many as I would have thought. Yeah, it was for America. Horrible and violent, but mostly for Vietnamese, Vietnamese civilians. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a downer. I know. I'm so... No, it's like I, I'm really happy that I know because obviously this was a this was a huge event. Yeah. You know, this is a huge event in American history. It's a major war. And there are many people still alive that lived through it. Yeah. You know? Many people that still alive that lived through it. And there is an unwillingness to talk about it from that generation because, because it was so, horrific. so terrible. And I don't blame them for that. You know, yeah. like that I'm sure that was an absolutely horrific thing to go through. That era of being afraid and having soldiers being sent to Vietnam while also being afraid that Russia is going to yeah. bomb you all at the same time. It's a very scary time to live in. It's interesting that there was never I never found anywhere that there was a threat for Vietnam att- that North Vietnam might attack America. Maybe they didn't have the technology. Probably not. Yeah. That technology is much more common now than it was back then. And there was a lot of technology that America brought to South Vietnam that... Yeah. All right. Now, one day you're going to have to explain, or I'll explain the Korean War, because I also know nothing about that. Yeah, I know nothing about that. Okay. I'll take care. I'll do Korea. (laughs) Jeez. I'll bite the bullet. This is maybe an episode you got to listen to with a glass of wine. (laughs) I would agree. (laughs) I, I hate to continue the sad, but... No, pl- politics aren't sad. <laughs> Don't perpetuate the politics are sad. <laughs> but I found this 
question on Reddit that I thought was important to bring up. Uh, not the question itself necessarily, but the information that someone answered with. I feel like I should have, we should have like a joke break where I tell a <laughs> knock-knock joke, but I have none. We like put funny music on in the background and we pull random jokes out of a bucket and like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next time. Next time we cover a war, we'll be prepared. Yep. So someone posted on the No Stupid Questions Reddit thread um, and they posted, why do so many Americans think that having a gun at home makes their life safer? Ah... And no one really answered. We're going to make a lot of my relatives mad with this episode. And I just want to say that I love you all. Um, (laughs) But my opinions are my opinions. Yeah. The only answer that someone put why people might think that is that the presence of a firearm people think is needed because they don't really trust the police to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. Is the only answer someone put for why people actually think. And one person tried to argue that saying that having a gun in your home makes you more likely to be shot is like saying you're more likely to die in a hospital. That's <laughs> that's there's a whole. And, and I w- I'd call that a not fair comparison. Yes, I I would call that a not fair yeah. comparison. Well. Um, but here's some facts that can be found. Someone shared this article from ScientificAmerican.com titled "More Guns Do Not Stop More Crimes." Evidence shows. Oh, great. Okay, now I like this website. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, Scientific America sounded like a conspiracy theorist. No, website. no, it's a. And a couple of the big facts that come from this article are that guns in homes have been repeatedly linked to a significantly increased risk for Uh homicide and suicide. Yep. 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 People who have access to firearms at home are nearly twice as likely to be murdered as people who do not. Firearm assaults were 6.8 times more common in states with the most guns versus those with the least. A gun in the home significantly increases the odds that someone in the household will be killed at home by a family member or intimate acquaintance. 1% of attempted robberies are stopped by a person carrying a gun in self-defense. And carrying a gun in self-defense has about the same effectiveness as calling for help. Because if people are breaking into your home, they're doing it to steal things. Right. Most likely. And they could find the gun in the process. Yeah. If they're there to murder you specifically... Yeah. Then they probably know you have a gun and they know where to find it. And that's how they will kill you. Yeah. Because most um, people, if you're murdered, you're murdered by someone you know. Yeah. From a 1998 Kellerman study analyzing 628 shootings in or near homes in a three-city area, for every one gun in the home that was used in a self-defense or legally justifiable situation, there were four unintentional shootings, seven criminal assaults or homicides, and 11 attempted or completed suicides. That's 22 out of 23 times that a gun was fired in a home. It was not used for self-defense. So that has been my little segment on why you should not have a firearm in your home. Or anywhere, really. I think we should just burn them all. Again, if we are really pro-life here, I know. <laughs> you should care about this. Yeah. Literally, people are dying. People well, are dying. That's like when people were suggesting that women should face the death penalty if they have an abortion. It's like, so you want two lives to be ended? Like, like <sighs> It's ridiculous. We need to reform gun laws. <laughs> Someone needs to stop the NRA. Like, I have no other words for it. Um, let's let's talk about something fun. <laughs> so this has been our ranty political segment. Let's move on to a fun conspiracy yeah, theory. An, we've, we've done an hour and five minutes of ranting for politics. Let's do a fun conspiracy theory. This is a fun conspiracy theory. This is a conspiracy theory that I could get into. I 
there was one YouTube video that almost can again i will believe any conspiracy theory for like a half hour and then i'll think about it and be like wait um there are a couple i actually believe this conspiracy theory more when i hear someone talk about it than i do Mm. reading it like reading all these facts i was like no this is totally fake but then i watched a couple youtube videos of like someone from buzzfeed explaining that was the video (laughs) that's a really good one it is a really good one buzzfeed um I found it on BuzzFeed Variety on YouTube if you want to look it up. It's a good one. It's short. It's only like six minutes. Um, That guy also did a video on why he's a flat earther. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of conspiracy theorists. This is a very famous conspiracy theory. Um, So a lot of conspiracy theorists have covered it and talked about it. And when you hear other people talk about it, it's very compelling. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of reasons why the u.s would fake a moon landing like you you have to admit i will tell you what they are and i have to admit that they are compelling reasons for faking it some conspiracy theories like there's no compelling reason why the birds are all dead but there's just not there's no reason the birds are probably real probably (laughs) 99.9 percent chance of them being real but this this there is some there's some interesting stuff. Okay. This is one of those things I'm going to say from the beginning that for you to believe that um, all of the evidence that this really happened means that you have to you you have to blindly trust NASA when <laughs> okay. you say when you because there are a lot of things that they're like that shouldn't be scientifically possible and NASA's like no 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 we figured it out like you kind of just got to trust them yeah and so I was talking to Kelsey our roommate about this like. It's one of those situations that you just have to either trust the NASA expert that says that it happens or this other scientist who was, like, jaded by NASA and is angry that he didn't get hired <laughs> saying it didn't happen. Like, that's really the, the two sides here. So, it's 1969. <laughs> <laughs> Went to the moon. I knew. I'm going to give you one. 1969. Not 1968, but a year later. So... <laughs> The moon landings began with the Apollo missions. Mm -hmm. What are the Apollo missions? The Apollo (laughs) missions were a series of NASA missions in the 1960s and 70s that ultimately landed 12 astronauts on the lunar surface, starting with Apollo 11 in 1969 with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. The final Apollo mission was Apollo 17, which occurred between December 7th and December 19th, 1972. And that was the last crewed landing on the moon, on the lunar surface. There were a couple robotic landings. Um, the last robotic landing was on August 22nd, 1976, which is my birthday. <laughs> not my year, but my birthday. And there was a huge gap in, like, robotic not-man landings until there wasn't another one after 1976 until 2013, which is, like, suspicious in itself. Well, yeah, I... <laughs> I recently talked to a friend about that. Like, why did we stop going? And I guess there's because there's I no scientific need to. Yeah, I can I can tell, va- oh, okay. can tell you why at some point. And this, I will tell you. Most moon landing conspiracies claim that some or all of the elements of the Apollo program were hoaxes staged by NASA. The conspiracies have been debunked, but persist nevertheless. And again, like, them being debunked as scientists being like, no, 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 we promise this is real. But you just have to blindly trust that the scientists <laughs> are telling the truth. You kind of sound like someone right now who would not believe scientists about climate change. Like, we have to blindly trust scientists? Well, no. This is like, the difference between climate change is climate change, it's like 95% of scientists. Oh, this is like, this is like just one group like of guys. three guys at NASA. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Um, in 2012, NASA <laughs> released images <laughs> showing five of the six American flags erected on the moon still standing. Um, fun fact, the sixth flag was the first flag placed on the moon by Apollo 11, but it was blown over by the rocket's exhaust upon leaving the moon the first time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's such a sitcom thing. It happen. is. It really is. It really is. I'm surprised that hasn't, like, appeared in a Simpsons episode. Like, we put all this work into setting up the flag, and then we knock it over on our way out. And like, ah, <laughs> oh, darn it. Like, shoot. Um, <laughs> we're both trying so hard not to swear. <laughs> uh, darn shuck. it. Shoot. I keep going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> we're trying to save our parents' ears. Um, about 6% of Americans, 25% of Britons, and 28% of Russians believe the Apollo missions were faked. That's a huge oh, portion wow. of Russians. Of Britons, too, but there are more Russians than there are Britons. I feel like I always think of Russia as being like, yeah, there's the people in Moscow and, like, over where it's, like, Thank the warmest, and then yeah. there's no one in Siberia. So even though that country's huge, there's not that many people I, there. I don't know what the population is, but it's it's got to be it's got to be pretty big. The conspiracies really started with Bill Casing, a former U.S. Navy officer who was not hired by NASA. <laughs> Um, who's self Oh, so like, it would, like he applied to NASA and was rejected. Yeah, and then he wrote this book. Um, <laughs> he self-published this book titled We Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 billion swindle. In this book, he claims that the chance of a successful human landing on the moon was only calculated to be 0.0017%. Therefore, it would have been easier to fake a landing than go there. So essentially he's being like, there's no way it was possible. As a scientist that has worked on space missions... You know, this shouldn't be possible. But he was also just a little bitter because NASA didn't hire him. Um, in 1980, the Flat Earth Society, which I definitely <laughs> need more info about, um, <laughs> accused NASA... Society. <laughs> you know, it's a society now. Accused NASA of faking the landings with the help of, get this, Walt Disney Studios. <gasps> And they said that the footage of the landings were directed by Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> so in between shooting The Shining, he was like, okay, I gotta go film a fake NASA landing. <laughs> right before Walt Disney froze his head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the conspiracy theories really spread and became more popular in the post-Watergate era because mm. Americans became distrustful of official reports and accounts. So that's when they started being like, we can only take your word for it, NASA, that this happened. You, yeah. like, four guys, you know? Here are the motives for faking the landing. This is why they could have done it. Number one, the space race. Obviously, there was a lot of tension between the USSR and the United States over mm -hmm. who would go to the moon first. Um, a moon landing would solidify that country as a world power in technology. So there was a lot of pressure on NASA to make it happen. Because, you know, things have just always been tense with Russia. <laughs> <laughs> and they were especially tense in the 1960s. So you're oh, like, oh, and they also thought that if the Soviet Union got there, they were going to build, like, a missile launcher on the moon. And launch a missile right at the United States. Which I, I just want to know, like, if you launched a missile from the moon, like a nuclear missile from the moon, would the pressure from that craft launching off push the moon farther away. <laughs> like, no. Well, the funny thing is, when I was looking for my Reddit segment for today, and I almost ha brought this one up, someone asked on Too Afraid to Ask, like, 
if someone theoretically built a nuclear bomb and shot it at the moon could well, you push it away what would happen no they're like would it blow up like oh, that was their yeah. question and basically everyone said that like the pressure of space would like make it so that it wouldn't work so like the worst thing that could happen was the bomb would just like hit the moon really hard and it might make a crater interesting that's good to know (laughs) good to know so that's what we thought was going to happen and some conspiracy theorists say that the manned moon landings ended abruptly in 1972 because the soviet union had developed the technology to monitor whether or not people were actually landing on the moon and so nasa had to stop producing fake landings like they stopped they stopped being like we're going to the moon here's footage in 1972 <laughs> and they because they stopped faking it because they thought the soviet union would catch them that they had like built satellites yeah. that could check the moon's surface which i thought was really funny <laughs> shut down the production company hide all the props Oh, and just as, like, a quick fact check on that, everyone says moon landings ended abruptly. They did it. NASA was given a two-year warning in 1970 that their funding would be cut for this purpose. They originally had planned to end with Apollo 15, but they did manage to squeeze in 16 and 17 before <laughs> the end of their budget year, which I thought was funny. Um, the second motive would be NASA prestige. Some think that NASA operated alone in staging the landings that the government didn't even know. Only NASA knew. To ensure their continued funding and because they were too embarrassed to admit that they couldn't do it. So, like, JFK was like, we're gonna put a man on the moon and NASA was was like, like, yeah, sure, here's a video. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah, we're doing it, we're doing it. (laughs) Only NASA knows that they didn't do it. Like, they fully convinced all other forms of government that that we had done it. And this was especially important to, like, maintain their continued funding because three people were killed in an explosion of Apollo 1. Mm-hmm. One of them included Gus Grissom. Gus Grissom was an astronaut that was being primed to be the first man on the moon. Mm. But he had started to advertise that he didn't think NASA could do it. So some conspiracy theorists think that they purposefully sabotaged Apollo 1 to kill Gus Grissom to cover up the fact that they couldn't do it. Because he knew they couldn't do it. Is the rumor. It's just a rumor. It's just a rumor. And the third was the Vietnam War. <laughs> As well, we all remember, um, the American Patriot Friends Network claimed in 2009 that the moon landings were staged to distract citizens from the Vietnam War, and the landings ended in 1972 because that's when the draft ended. So they no longer needed the distraction. Oh. Yeah. So those are the three big motives for why a landing could be staged. Mm -hmm. Also, why they wanted to get to the moon. They're kind of the same thing. I wonder if you were, like, working for NASA if you were put on the, up for the draft. Probably not. Because you were technically, like, working for the government? Yeah. Probably not. So, here is the evidence that theorists use to prove, like, this was faked. Thank you, (laughs) space.com, for this list. Number one. There is a video in which it appears that the one of the American flags placed on the lunar surface is fluttering. It looks like it's moving, oh. which in space, it would not. In reality, the flag had a stiff wire inserted into the top of it, <gasps> um, which was pulled as astronauts erected the flag, which created a wave effect. Like... So it just looked like convenient. It was convenient, yeah. Again, like this. Is- I, okay, I believe the moon landing happened 
and you but like everything you're saying i'm just like uh-huh that's what they'd want you to say right like, <laughs> right it's like the answer is almost too scientific yeah <laughs> yeah second this is a big one this is one that you really have to trust nasa <laughs> so the van allen radiation belt is a magnetic field that surrounds the earth that protects the planet from dangerous solar radiation. So we have the ozone layer and we have the radiation belt. Um, and it's a magnetic field. The biggest thing that people don't seem to believe is that if the Van Allen belt exists, that would mean that if an astronaut crossed the Van Allen belt, they would die from radiation exposure. Because the radiation on the other side of the Van Allen belt would be too strong to withstand. And the, and the exposure, not even outside of the belt, but within the belt, because it's literally a magnetic field. It holds all the radiation in it. So a lot of people say, like, there's no way astronauts could have crossed it. But then do they believe no one's ever been to space? Not even No, they just the didn't moon. think that people could cross over it because, like, cross over it in the way that they would have to to get to the moon because it would take, it, you would be in that. Oh, yes, you'd be exposed to radiation for longer. For a long period of time. Exactly. Um, NASA says that in reality, the radiation in that belt, the, the exposure that the astronauts went through would be about equivalent. It was about equivalent to a chest x-ray. Like NASA's like, it's not as much radiation as you would think. But again, <laughs> you kind of just have to like blindly trust yeah. them telling the truth. Okay. And then being like, no, we made suits. We figured it out. <laughs> Okay. Although you haven't made new suits for this women. Like, almost any moon landing hoaxer will be like, there is no way we crossed the Van mm. Allen radiation belt. Like, there's just no way. Interesting. Because there's some conflicting evidence about how much radiation is there, like the mathematics, yada, yada. Um, like, that that actually is one of the most advanced parts of going to space, is crossing the radiation belt. Not even, like, landing on the moon. It was that part. That has caused probably the most tension, is NASA's like, no, we figured it out. And the hoaxer's like, but did you? You know, <laughs> that's a big thing. Um, evidence piece number three. <laughs> In the photos on the moon, you can see shadows <laughs> that appear to have different light sources. As if I've heard we this were one. In a, as if they were in a movie studio. And, like, there were different light, light fixtures hanging. NASA <laughs> explains this uh-huh. as... It's the contours of the ground create different shadow shapes because it's a hilly surface. So even though there is one ray mm. of sunlight, like the directions are going to look different because of the shape of the ground. Yeah. And but, the angle from the sun is different than it would be on Earth. Well, no, not so much. Like, <laughs> no, not really. Uh, yeah. Not really. But like, I have seen photos where it's like, there's two rocks and one of them the shadow is to the west and the other one it's to like the southeast (laughs) is that actually how it is or just how it kind of looks it's how it looks like it's how it looks in a photo but they say it's because of the hilly surface and that's true when you cast a shadow on a hill it contours the shadow if you've ever i definitely have pictures of me standing on the top of a hill and the sun is like behind me and so maybe there's a little bit of a flat surface and then it starts to go down and Mm. the shadow does bend And that's what they're saying is happening, but it still looks odd. Yeah. The fourth piece of evidence is some say that the film shouldn't have survived. In direct sunlight, the moon's temperature reaches 280 degrees Fahrenheit, which means the film should have melted. Um, However, the bare film was never exposed to a lunar surface. Again, NASA's like, no, 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 we kept it in a protective canister. 
Which, like, show me the canister. Yeah, okay. You have a protective canister. <laughs> like, all of this is just too convenient. Like, maybe, you know, they're NASA. Maybe they really just wore this prepared. But it's, like, I mean, a li- they worked. They spent a long time on it. Yes, but it is suspicious that they have it. They have an answer for everything, you know? Well, you'd have an answer for everything when you went to the moon. Yeah, but it's just, like, the answers <laughs> are almost too convenient. I can see how people believe Like, this. when you have an alibi, you have an alibi, is my point. <laughs> like, you can't be like, oh, you say you were at the store at the time no. and many people saw you? <laughs> Sounds convenient to me. It's like, well, yes, because I was at the store and many no, people saw me. No, 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 you're right. Me. You're right. I, I believe the moon landing happened. However, <laughs> I am making an argument that I can see why people think it's fake because the answers are, like, too perfect. Yeah. Like, you'd think at one point they'd be like, oh, no, we got lucky. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, all of it is we're really smart. It's suspiciously perfect. And maybe it's just that NASA is really that good and really, really got it right, which is mm-hmm. totally possible and, like, great for NASA. But I do think there is this, like, sometimes when things are too perfect, you're suspicious of it. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that I think there's elements of that in here. It's 380 degrees Fahrenheit. The film would have melted, but NASA was like, no, we only did landings at dawn or dusk when the temperature would be much lower. And the film stayed in protective canisters the whole time. So no, it wouldn't have melted. Footprints, question mark, is the next one. <laughs> um, there are photos, famous photos of footprints on the moon. And some people are like, aren't, is it moisture required to create a footprint? And the answer is... Not always. <laughs> there, okay. It is possible with, like, dry talcum powder in which there's no moisture to create a footprint, which I'm, I'm assuming the moon's surface is made of some similar mineral. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how they explain that one. Space meteors. I only vaguely understand this one. So in space, there are tiny micrometeors traveling incredibly fast everywhere. And some claim... One should have hit the aircraft or one of the suits. And if so, it's like a tiny bullet almost because they, they literally <gasps> move really fast. Like it could, it should have incapacitated them. And again, NASA, we just have to believe them, is like, actually, no, they don't move as fast as you think. And everyone was wearing protective suits. And space is large enough that the odds of one of our crafts or one of our astronauts being hit by it is like one in a billion mm. or something like that. Yeah. Like they were just like, no, 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 there are millions of them. Like they are everywhere, but space is, is too large. Space is too big was their answer. <laughs> it's too big and it's fine. There's no test sample for that. Like show me one that's been hit so I can prove that NASA, like you can't do that. So it's just like a lot <laughs> of the conspiracy theorists are like, here's some science. And they're like, that is science, but we can't really corroborate it because we just got lucky it didn't happen. I don't know. What was their plan if that did happen? Like, you see one come and just duck. Like, no, you can't see them. They're mi- they're micro. They're so small. You can't know. see them coming. They said, like, again, they said they don't travel as fast as you would think, and therefore, like, the suit would have protected them. Okay. Yeah, because they're really little. Some believe that when the lunar excursion module, which is the craft that actually landed on the moon, not the shuttle, um, when it landed, it should have left a crater. Um, but the moon is made of densely packed rocks that would have resisted the engine's gust. It wasn't strong enough to make a crater. Um, and in the video, you can see dirt and dust being like kicked up by the engine. So it did have a reaction, which the Buzzfeed video, they show that Buzzfeed recreated the moon landing videos to prove how easy it is. And that's a really interesting video to watch. 
like watching BuzzFeed being like, we could easily stage this. And they do. (laughs) And it's very funny. Apparently they showed a brief clip of it. And if you speed up the moon landing to 200%, it looks like a person just walking around. So some people believe they filmed it and then reduced it down. Yeah. Reduced the speed. Also like another, another theory the rover that they drive around on people are just like that rover is way too big to be in that module because it's a bit it's like a oh. whole it's a whole car essentially i and never like, thought about like that. how did it fit in there and nasa again is just like oh no we made it so it's light and easily compactable and just like folds up and what gets in the and gets in the, the spacecraft which we never see on camera they're just like oh yeah no 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 they like unfold it and then they and then they ride around. Just sell those? Like, that sounds convenient. It does sound really convenient. They made this perfect rover. That's ideal. Which they absolutely could have. I sound sarcastic. Yeah. But it is just, like, a convenient answer. That there are no stars in the photograph, which people are like, if this is space, where are the stars? <laughs> <laughs> which cracked me up. I don't know why. I don't know why. If this is space, where are the stars? Stars. They should be floating around your face. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, can't we see the stars? And that's because the when things are bright, <laughs> the contrast wipes out things that are darker. And the moon's surface was so bright that the cameras couldn't capture the stars. Have you ever tried to take a picture of the stars with your iPhone? You can't. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. The surrounding brightness is too bright. So that easily explains that one, but I found that one very funny that people are like, um, excuse me. Like, <laughs> as if, if NASA staged this and they wanted to convince people it was real, I would I would think that they would Photoshop like in little the flecks in the background. Or yeah, something. I would like, think that wouldn't go overboard with it. Uh, yeah, I think if they were trying to fake it, they would have put the stars in there to be like, no, look, it's really space. There are stars. Yeah. So I think this is actually evidence that they are real photos because the stars aren't there. The there's a very famous photo from the Apollo 16 mission that shows a rock supposedly labeled C, like a movie prop. <gasps> yeah. However, in the original photo, which is a wide shot of the rover, you can see the rock in question, and when you zoom in on it, the sea isn't there. So, oh, trick of the NASA, light. NASA is just claiming that at one point that photo was copied, and a thread or a hair got caught in the copier and copied it with the sea on it. Oh. And that's what happened because the original photo of the sea does not exist, or someone put it on there to like perpetuate this that it was a hoax. <laughs> and the last one, which was brought up in the BuzzFeed video, is the crosshairs of the photos. Mm-hmm. Which this one is weird, and I don't have an explanation for it because it came up in the BuzzFeed video, not this article I read. Which is um, in the photos, you can see the crosshairs of the camera, and in some of the photos, the crosshairs go behind image, mm. like images in the photo. Like there's one that's like a machine thing the crosshair kind of goes behind it a little bit as if they were added later oh and that's weird and i don't have an explanation for that that or it's like the light convincing you that the crosshair went behind when really it just kind of faded away i don't know but those are super weird oh so roger laudius nasa's chief historian from 1990 to 2002 said that as years pass and more people who were alive from the moon landing die He's worried people will start to believe it never happened because there will be less people around to say, yeah, I was alive. I remember it. And because we haven't gone back to the moon. Mm -hmm. So we have no new evidence that we have been there. 
except for those 2012 photos. Also, the BuzzFeed video brings up, it's like, yeah, the flags are there, and the people will be like, show us. And I'm like, well, we can't make a telescope that shows the surface that small. Like, I'm calling bull on that because we just made a telescope that took a photo of a black hole, and you can't show me the American flags on the moon? Aren't the American flags, like, didn't the color on them fade, so now they're just white? Yeah, like, the radiation made them from the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're just white now. Very poetic. Um, NASA is currently working to return astronauts to the moon by 2024. The biggest reason why we have not yet returned is because it's very expensive to do so. That's why we stopped in the first place. Um, The Apollo missions were not cost efficient. They were just designed to get us there as fast as we can. So none of their mission architecture, the the shuttles, the lunar modules, the rovers, anything like that, were designed to be reused. They had to build new ones for every single mission. And the Saturn V rockets that they used to go there all ended up floating in space or in the ocean. That, like, piece that we launch ourselves off of. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't use that twice. So it was all super expensive to build. And they haven't figured out a more cost-efficient way to do it right now. That's what they're working on, a cost-efficient way, in which there can be reusable products. Um, At the end of the Apollo program, there were no lasting establishments between the Earth and the Moon. We had not made a business deal. Um, so we hadn't built a space station, a refueling station, anything like that. Well, it's considered international. Like, it's just owned by, it's like the Earth. Like, no yeah. country has, yeah. even though we put a flag on it. Right. But we hadn't, we hadn't put anything in space that made it worthwhile to return there. Mm. And that was another reason, which is what they're working on right now. So the current, there are currently three planned missions, and the final one is going to be manned. And their plan is to create a solar-powered habitation module <gasps> in the orbit, in the orbit of the moon. That will be used for a variety of things. But that's NASA's current plan, is that they're going to start harvesting things from the moon. Oh, no. Not harvesting things, but, like, using the moon for more purposes. Like, using it for its position in relation to the sun and stuff like that. Mm. For other stuff. Another thing is that conspiracy theorists are like, there's not enough evidence of the moon. Like, the rocks could be regular rocks. Like, they're just like... Well, that someone told me that, like, after the lunar... We brought back rocks and we, like, gave them to people as... Like, we gave them to other countries as presents. But, like, all of the rocks, like, have been found to not be moon rocks. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Also, Buzz Aldrin apparently recently said that it was fake. But also, he, also he does have dementia, which is sad. So sad. Um, hold on. Moon rocks fake. Oh, yeah. In 2009, the Telegraph posted an article saying the moon rock given to Dutch Prime Minister by Apollo 11 astronauts in 1969 has turned out to be fake. Okay, so it's one case. Someone told me it was like all of them. But so yeah, that's maybe that's like a big one, though. Adam ruins everything. Did a video on why the moon landing wasn't faked. And I don't remember much from it. I remember him talking about some of the things he said. But he said that in order to create the film without going to the moon mm-hmm. at the time would require technology. Like, it would, re- it would either require a super fancy camera that hadn't been invented yet, or it was like it would require a laser that would create light rays the same with the same angle and direction as, like, the sun to the moon. But that would require this super fancy and expensive laser and those things would cost so much money because they were such new technology that it would cost more than going to the moon in general and that i was kind of like 
You're telling me <laughs> that this one camera or this one laser would cost more than the entire Apollo mission? And I don't believe that because I don't believe the entire Apollo mission was cheap enough for that. It must have been so expensive. It was so expensive. It was billions of dollars. You know, I don't I don't think the moon landing was fake. I think it happened. No, it happened. Um, I absolutely think it happened. But is paying you to say that, aren't they? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I this is a conspiracy that I can understand why people think it's fake. I think moon landing is in itself that sounds unbelievable that yeah. someone walked on the moon and that someone walked on the moon in the seventies and we haven't done it since. <laughs> that is a very odd thing. Like, yes, finances, but that is a very that is very odd to yeah. me that we stopped and have not resumed. Um, because we can't figure out how to do it cost effectively, mm-hmm. which I, which is fair. You know, it's, it is very expensive and we live in a very different economy yeah. now than we did back then. Um, NASA also, part of the reason is that, like you said, they didn't, there wasn't really a scientific advantage for a while to go into the moon. Like mm-hmm. we got everything we need. So they focused on other space exploration and now they're returning to the moon, um, for different purposes, mm-hmm. not necessarily for exploration. But yeah, I I can understand why someone looks at these facts, especially because so many of the like justifications for the weird things that happen is NASA just being like, no, trust us, we figured yeah. it out. That is a little hard. I can understand why in a post-Watergate era in which you're very distrustful of officials, mm-hmm. um, in a government where lots of stuff is being hidden from you all the time. We live in a very secretive society. Why, you might be like, blind trust is hard, (laughs) you know? Yeah. (laughs) Blind trust in a couple of people is hard. Yeah. Did you see the movie with, um, (laughs) uh, Uh, Ryan Gosling? (laughs) The movie, yes, I did see First Man. I did see First First Man. I did see First Man. I liked it. Claire Foy was amazing in it. Oh, she was. She was so good. I saw that movie with my family. First Man stressed me out. Like, the whole... It's so... It's so stressful. The scenes when they're in the lunar module, I was like... Oh my it's God. so bumpy in space. It is. It's so bumpy in space. And they're like <laughs> 1960s metal. Like, steel things. They all shake. They don't sound... They don't sound trustworthy. They're like a Ferris wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. My mom... Um, they have. They went to the moon over the summer. <laughs> it was their summer trip. No, um, it was the summer. Their vacation. summer vacation. Uh, she was at summer camp at the time of the moon landing, so she didn't see it happen. Oh, like she didn't watch the televised event. Um, and she got a letter from my grandfather, being like, "Last night we all watched a man land on the moon," and she didn't believe him at first. She's like, "Yeah, okay, Dad." <laughs> That's so funny. That's hilarious. Well, like, would you believe it if you got a text, like, from your mom right now being like, guess what we're doing tonight? We're watching a man land on Jupiter. Like, okay. Hey, mom. (laughs) No, I would not. I would not believe her. But that is really funny. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Thank you so much. If you've made it to the end of this, wow, good for you. I hope you had wine. You're a trooper. I hope you had wine. Or if it's the morning, some coffee. Or tea. Whatever floats your boat. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at YKWIBW Podcast. You can check out our website, I've been wondering.com. I'm going to post some photos <laughs> of some hoax stuff. <laughs> It'll be cool. It'll be cool from this episode. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, please consider donating to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash YKWIBW Podcast. Every little bit helps. You'll get rewarded. We do have presents for you if you donate, and it would mean 
a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. If you have something that you've been wondering, please email us. I've been wondering podcast at gmail.com. I refresh that email every like hour being like, anyone, anyone, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> we want some friends. We want some friends. Tell us what you're thinking about. We'd love to know. I want to know what's on your mind. You can find us on <laughs> iTunes, Spotify. Please consider leaving us a five-star review. It would help us tremendously. Tell your friends about us if you like what you're hearing. We appreciate it. Spreading the word. Being a friend. <laughs> You've got a friend in me. I think that's everything. Jane. Yes, Sarah. You know what I've been wondering. What? What have you been wondering? I think this will be really interesting and informative. So, right now, it's Ramadan. Oh. And I went to Morocco last year during Ramadan. And I loved it. Um, I was in Tangier, and it was during Ramadan, which means that they fast until sundown. Mm -hmm. And twice I went to a Ramadan meal at my resort, and it was a hotel. And it was really beautiful and really wonderful, but I don't actually know what Ramadan is. Okay. I don't know why it's celebrated or... I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's a holiday that's celebrated, but I don't know why. It's observed. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why it's observed. I don't know what its purpose is, why they fast. Um, so I was hoping because we are currently in the time of Ramadan. It's and it started May fifth and it ends June fourth. If you can tell me what Ramadan is, I would appreciate it. Sounds good. I will. <laughs> do you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering? See, it's interesting. You always say, "Do you know?" and I just say, "You know." So that's the title. <laughs> anyway. What is the particular oh, boy. skirmish <laughs> that is taking place in Les Mis? Thank God. What? This is going to be a fun one. I'm going <laughs> to figure out how to put in Les Mis references without getting copyrighted. It'll be perfect. I can't wait. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm super into revolutions and <laughs> historical revolutions. So Sounds I will tell good. you all about it. This doesn't relate to Ramadan. No, not at all. I'm excited. Well, here's a connection. Morocco is a French colony, or was a French colony. Oh. So there you go. So was Vietnam until the 60s, apparently. Until the 50s. Anyway. Woof. Anyway, so we will come back at you with Ramadan and (laughs) the particular skirmish that takes place in Les Miserables. (laughs) I'm going to have to pull out my copy of Les Miserables. I don't remember at all. All right. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) This has been You Know What I've Been Wondering.